Sitcom Cinema, the podcast dedicated to the dark side of film. Hello everybody and welcome to Sick on Cinema. I am one half of your vomit spewing servants of Satan. John? <laughs> I'm your other half of that. <laughs> and how is everybody going tonight? Hopefully good. I've had a shitty night. I'm still in my damn work clothes. That's how like fast I had to go from work here to record this stupid ass podcast. <laughs> Don't worry about that. Don't get distracted <laughs> this time like you did last time. God. So how you been, Matt? Uh, all right, I guess. I've been struggling struggling with allergies. Yeah, I think we all have. I mean, you can hear it in my voice. I sound like shit. And I'm breathing my nose. You can hear this weird like whistles. Like, <laughs> um. <laughs> so, uh, guess at the top, we'll do a little housekeeping like we always do. Yep. Um, if you would like to email us some comments, questions, and concerns, sickoncinema at gmail.com. Yes. Follow us on the Twitters. Twitters. Sick on Cinema at Sick on Cinema on Twitters and Instagram. Yes. Facebook. Yes. Sick on Cinema Podcast is the page. Go give us a like. Excuse me. And uh, also... If you have not listened to the Adam Albrand episode, I highly recommend going doing that because I thought it was yes. a very good episode. But if you would rather read the interview we did with Adam, you can go and do sickoncinema.blogspot.com. We're everywhere now. <laughs> which I also will be beginning to post, starting with this episode, post our episodes to sickoncinema.blogspot.com. Ah. So there's our housekeeping <laughs> out of the way up top. What are we talking about tonight, Matt? We're talking about... Lucifer Valentine's Vomit Gore Trilogy. The Vomit Gore Trilogy. Also, before we get into this, a bit of a sad note, Humberto Lindsay passed away. Yes, I did want to talk about that. Uh, yeah, the the late, great now, the late, now late, great, yeah. Umberto Lindsay, man behind such films as Cannibal Holocaust, not Cannibal Holocaust, Cannibal Ferox, yes. Man from Deep River, Eyeball, Almost Human, uh, Nightmare City. I mean, countless, countless other yes. movies as well. Spasmal. An Italian maestro. Yes. You know, I could never sit here and act like I'm the biggest Umberto Lindsay fan just because I haven't seen... Yeah, all this stuff. Like, I've yeah. seen, like, his primary big ones and, you know, like some, didn't like others. Um, But the man definitely had a style. Oh, yeah. You know, his, was, his movies were balls to the wall. And we covered two of his movies. We did, and we liked both of them. Yes. So... You know, it, it's sad whenever we lose a member of this great genre. Yeah. You know, because there's just not many of the the heavy hitters, the maestros, whatever you want to call them, masters of horror left. Yeah, and they're just hoping to hang on to the ones we have for as long as we can. Right. Because, I mean, like this year we lost Hooper, Romero, and now Lindsay. And there's probably other people, too. And that's just the directors. I'm not talking about, like, musicians and actors yeah, as well. Yeah, there's musicians, too. So, you know, it's definitely a sad note, but this episode goes out to the memory of Alberto Lindsay. Yes, and maybe one day we'll cover his other films. I'm sure we'll cover more Lindsay movies down yes. the road. Um, he's got plenty of discount. He's got a, a complete, like, filmography. Absolutely. Um, especially one day if we ever cover Italian crime. Yes. His Italian crime movies are very good. <laughs> yes. Um, also talking about Italian, by the time you hear this, I will have seen Suspiria in 4K on the big screen. I envy you. I know. How do you, what do you think about that, dog? 
I gotta go to work. I know. I gotta scare some people. I asked off. (laughs) You all were on the news. Well, kind (laughs) of. Kind of. Your place was on the news. Yeah, our place was on the news with someone else (laughs) in the in the, the Jeremiah Lexer outfit, and they walked to the manor with nobody in it. Yeah. Which makes no <laughs> sense. So, that's Frightmare Manor in Talbot, Tennessee, if you would like to yes. go get spooky and scaried by Matt. Yeah. Um, you, you, you won't see me, <laughs> because I'm, I'm hidden. Just in random parts of the, the mansion, just be like, Sicko Tenema! Sicko Tenema! I don't think people would appreciate that, but you you. you I mean, it's better than, you know, getting drunk and punching people. It's true. Very much better than that, right? Oh, my God. Last th- This last weekend was so rough because they're just a bunch of angry, <laughs> drunk Tennessee fans because the balls Oh, because they lost, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, wh- why are you mad? <laughs> if you want to see what it's like to live in a post-apocalyptic world, go to Knoxville, Tennessee <laughs> when Tennessee loses. <laughs> It's almost bordered. A lot of people set cars on fire. Yeah, like it's pretty bad. Like little just walking down the street. God dang it! <laughs> it's I hate everything. My life is ruined. I'm gonna get a lot of hate for saying this, but shouldn't they just be used to it by now? Yeah, I mean, but each year we all like they always get hope. Like they always get a new coach. And <laughs> yeah, it's always, it's like, always like Butch Jones. Now that's the one that's gonna take us to a bowl game. We're gonna do it this year. When was the last time we were at a bowl game? Oh, we get a bowl game every year because everybody gets a damn bowl I mean, game. I mean. The like Toast like Tito's Bowl. <laughs> Toast Tito's Bowl. Maxi Pad presents. <laughs> God. It's still better than the, was it the XXL, like, freshman, like, rap challenge thing that had, like, all these, like, random, like, SoundCloud rappers on it. Excuse and, me? <laughs> yes. It was sponsored by Magnum Condoms. <laughs> <laughs> like, there literally is, like, a, like, a, like, a nachos and cheese bowl, you know? Like, yeah. You think of a product, they have a bowl for it. <laughs> oh okay, <laughs> okay. We're back. Yeah, sorry. About that. <laughs> we had to take a slot break, and uh, neither one of us remember what we were talking about. So let's just get to the. So we're just gonna move right along. <laughs> All right. So I feel like the best thing to do to start with is kind of talk about our introductions and how we first learned of the Vomit Gorge trilogy and Mister Lucifer Valentine. Okay, you go ahead first. You probably heard about him way before I did. Well. It all came from the uh, from YouTube. Yes, I was. Uh, what do sorry, you <laughs> I'm just laughing because the headphones like tangled up in your beard. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it looks so funny. I was a, a member of the STF community. Yes, sick twisted F's. If you don't know what that is, right? Yeah, what was that? What? Some squeaked. Oh, I don't okay. know. <laughs> sorry, I keep getting distracted. ADD. All right, let's get into um, and. Uh, this was around the time Regurgitated Sacrifice came out. Ah, yes. Um, so people had uh, retroactively beginning to watch Slaughtered Vomit Dolls and Regurgitated Sacrifice on top of it, and were like, "Oh, these are some of the most disturbing movies ever made." And all the times, every time someone make a list or review anything, um, you uh, you would have uh, you know, yeah, them on the list. Sorry, I got distracted. I heard some weird stuff. Yeah, I did too. This part's going to be a little awkward, but we'll get through it and get to the reviews. We'll we'll get through it. Sorry. It would help if Matt actually (laughs) had a door. My door just died. (laughs) Right before we hit record. My hopes and dreams of (laughs) anything in life. I, but I did not see, uh, the first time I saw anything revolving uh, the Vomit Gore trilogy was actually one fateful day on Netflix. Really? 
I watched uh, first. I watched Redneck Zombies. I'll never forget this. <laughs> and I was like, that was great. I love that. Then I watched Eric Stanzies, and this was all streaming on Netflix. This is how different it's times strange. were, okay? Because now it's all about Netflix originals oh. and shit like that, right? Yeah. Then I watched Eric Stanzies Scrapbook. Whoa. Yeah. On Netflix. On Netflix, uncut. Whoa. Unsimulated blowjob and everything. Oh, wow. All right. Right. And then I watched about 10 minutes of Slaughtered Vomit Dolls. And was like, I don't know what this is. <laughs> and turned it off. Right? Yeah. And that was my introduction to Lucifer Valentine's work. And Lucifer Valentine also was a big part of that community on YouTube. Like, a lot of people have, would talk to him and have editions signed by him and stuff like that. Yeah. I never got into those things because it just was something I was never interested in, you yeah. know? Um... The first time I was introduced to Lucifer Valentine was horrible reviews on YouTube. Mm. Which I, I think he would may have been part of that community as well. <laughs> he was after. He was after. Yeah. Well. Um. Yeah, and like he was talking about it, and he shell over it. <laughs> <laughs> he does any movie. He really does. I like horrible reviews a lot. Yes, I do too. But like, he's not overly impressed with a lot of stuff. It, it's so hard to impress him. Mm-hmm. When a movie does, I'm like, wow, I guess I gotta check that out. Then. Yeah, right. But sometimes the movie that impresses him, I don't think are that good. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I've seen like a couple reviews where I'm like, I don't, that's all right. You know, I yeah. don't see what he sees in it. But yeah, Horror Reviews actually is a really good channel. People should check him out more. Yeah. Send some love over the way to the Pretty Good Movie channel. Yes, he's really good. Horrible Reviews. So, we're gonna start in 2006. All right. Lucifer Valentine, a little known. Canadian, South American, American filmmaker. I don't exactly know where. I, had, I remember he said, was it South Africa? Africa. Yeah. And, but he, movies were made in Canada and America. Right? So, I don't know. But so, he has, he, he's been everywhere. He's a multinationalist. <laughs> yeah. Um, he unleashed this little indie picture onto the world that was picked up by Unearthed Films and distributed into the wild, which it probably shouldn't have got a mass distribution because. The more people that got to see it, the more people shit on it. A little movie known as Slaughtered Vomit Dolls. Now, the first thing you need to know about the Vomit Gore trilogy and Slaughtered Vomit Dolls in general are they're, mo- they're not movies in the sense that you are used to. Yes. They're not three-act structure, begin, middle, end kind of films. They're very unlinear. They're very avant-garde, you know. That's the reason when I first watched this, <laughs> I kind of hated it. I was like, "What? what what's going on?" And then well, we'll get to that. Yeah. But <clears throat> um, and the overarching story, you know, there is an overarching story in the three films. Well, <laughs> that feature, you know, Angela Aberdeen. Yes. Who is played by Mira Lavey, which tragically was it about a month ago. Not about a month, two months ago, was involved in a double homicide and was murdered, which is sad. very sad. Yeah, she's she does a great job in these. She movies. does a very good job, and she's fearless. Yeah, in this role as well. She does a lot of things that a lot of people wouldn't do. No, absolutely. Um, but Angela Aberdeen is your main focus in these three films, and the first one, Slaughtered Vomit Dolls, uh, it focuses on, um, you know, there's a couple ways to look at it. Yeah. It's the story of Angela Aberdeen as she falls into these hallucinations and these nightmares and these memories. <clears throat> and, you know, I could say this is a spoiler alert, but I don't think it is because it is 
kind of the plot of the movie. Yeah. She drowns herself at the end of it. And in my interpretation of what the plot of the movie is, is that you are seeing um, her life flash before her eyes in a nightmarish, hellish, you know, way. The actual plot, like, if you look it up, it's like Angel Aberdeen creates a pact with the devil and begins to have nightmarish hallucinations. Yeah. So that is the plot of Slaughtered Vomit Dolls. Well, when I first watched this, for some reason I didn't get that at all. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until later on, until like the other movies, I was like, okay, that is the that is right. Yeah, right. But when I, when I first watched, it, I was like, what, what, what the hell am I watching? <laughs> was my first response. Now here's what's going to be interesting about this, um, is we're gonna pretty we're gonna have fairly opposite opinions on Slaughtered Vomit yes. Dolls, because you did not really care for it. No, I did not. And I surprisingly. Liked it quite a bit. <laughs> yes. Um, so, uh, you know, let's just go ahead and let's do it. Let's round one. Bing, bing. Okay. Go for it. Okay, things I don't like about it? Things you don't like about okay. it. And I'll try to come in and maybe, you know, counterpoint it a little bit. Like, I understand the meaning behind this. Mm-hmm. He explains it. But it still doesn't change the fact that I can't stand it. It's the slow... Talk. It's a slow. You're right. My like esophagus just made noise and it picked up on the microphone. Oh god! <laughs> it's like what? <laughs> you foul monster! Got a fucking hobgoblin up in here. <laughs> hobgoblin. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> there's this like it's like in slow mo. You talking like, about the voices? Yes. Yes. And like I, I again I understand why, but at the same time, it made me really hard to like. I can see that. Attention, but. But also to me, like it was one of those things where, like, a lot, you know, kind of like just the editing in general, along with the voice and the audio and the sound design of the film, it really created this really unnerving nightmare aspect to the movie that I liked a lot. You yeah. know? I just thought it was very irritating. <laughs> I'm sorry, but. Um, but there were things I liked about this movie. Like there's like there's a scene where like she's like shivering and like her teeth are clinking together yeah. and it's in slow motion and I don't know the way that was filmed and the way it was edited, like it really created like a very like uncomfortable atmosphere. Yeah. You know, I, I understand. Um, also, I like to mention talking to your microphone, dog. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking. At, I was looking at my notes. I know, I but put your my notes in front of you. <laughs> Happy now. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, before I watch this, I watched the making of. You told me to watch it first. Yeah, there is a. Uh, it's not. I wouldn't call it a making of. Yeah. It's the history of the Vomit Gore trilogy is what it's called. Yes. And basically, it's just Lucifer kind of like getting into the, getting you into the mindset of um, where he was coming from yeah. while making these movies, and it's very fascinating, very interesting, pretty yeah. crazy stuff. I mean, a lot of the the ideas in this come from. Would you quit? Sorry. <laughs> Focus. We're oh doing a God. podcast. We're professionals. I, I know, but <laughs> it's kind of hard when I see an idiot peeking in the, through my <laughs> broken door. Keep going. Okay. In, anyway, like a lot of the inspiration from the stuff, I mean, not all of it, but for the title of this pretty much comes from one of his fetishes. Yeah. He, Was it Ephnophilia or something like that? I don't remember what it's called, but part of, part of my language right here. What he describes it as is puke fucking. Yes. Yes. Uh, you know, he does have this fetish of uh, vomit. And uh, 
And that is part of it, but I don't know. I feel like some people read way too much into that, into these films, and they see it as these, like, borderline, you know, they see them as borderline just, like, vomit porn. Yeah. And I don't get that, at least from the first two. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Maybe maybe you can make that argument for slow torture. Uh, but for the first two, I don't get that at all. Yeah. But, uh, you know, they do kind of stem from his fetish, but I wouldn't say that he necessarily glorifies the vomiting either. Yeah. Um... Like a lot, of, like all these movies sent around bulimia, and if someone listening to this, if you if you do suffer from that, you know, mm-hmm. just try try your best to like get help. Well, Angela Aberdeen, you know, she is a she's a stripper. Yeah, she's a prostitute. She's a teenage bulimic. You know, yeah. <clears throat> runaway, and like you're just seeing like the slow destruction. Of who she is mm-hmm. until she can't handle it no more, and uh, I know that you know there the gore scenes in the film that you seem to have a little, um, just you kind of felt like they stuck out. Yeah, the <laughs> there was one in this, like before I knew what was actually going on, it pissed me off so bad mm-hmm. because this girl gets her her eyes stabbed out. Yeah, and I. Like, really hard, like, all the way, like, back into, like, the skull. Mm-hmm. And it's like, whoa. And then she's, like, she's she's still alive. Yeah. I'm like, okay. And then she goes over to, I guess, like, a table or something and just pukes all over. I'm like, you should be dead. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, like, you can have your eyes gouged out and still be alive. I mean, yeah. But it's how it's done. Right. Um, I don't know. That didn't bother me at all. Um. Especially when, like, when you think about it, like, there's no, like, you gotta take into, like, almost, like, Fulci nightmare logic. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's how I look at it. You know, like, she's committed suicide, right? She's mm. she's having her life flash before her eyes. She's having these last flickerings of hallucinations of life as her final synapses fire, right? Mm. <clears throat> and the kill scenes in general, can you can look at them as two ways. You can look at them as, like, this happened and these are memories. Yeah. Or these are just, um, you know, hallucinations and nightmares. You know, maybe this didn't happen at all, but yeah. it, maybe it did at the same time. So, But when you put all that together, like someone having their eyes gouged out and then vomiting, it makes sense because it's like, well, you know, it's not reality. Reality. Like, mm-hmm. even if it is real, it's not reality because Angela Aberdeen doesn't, you know, speak in slow motion. You know, um, so that's how I took all that stuff. Yeah. Um, Make a piece of pizza while you think of something okay. to say. It's delicious. <laughs> Buttery. Mm. Also, nothing but these movies. Don't chew in the microphone. Sorry, go ahead. D- don't eat anything while you watch these. Well, they're gross. I mean, yeah. unless you're like, you're into the vomit. I, I, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I, I, I was going to, I was watching the set, was it the second one? Regurgitated Sacrifice? Yeah. And... I paused it halfway through so I could have dinner. <laughs> and then I took my plate to the kitchen. And I was like, "Okay, all right, let's do this." See, like to me, like what I what I end up liking about slaughtered vomitels that I did not expect to like. Yeah, you know, honestly, because like these were movies that forever I just avoided. Yeah, I just had no interest in watching them. But what slaughtered vomitels did that like really kind of like caught my attention was just the uh, it, it just it's. So much like you can take it on surface value, 
Yeah. Oh, it's just weirdly edited. It's just weirdly paced. It's, you know, strange. It's vomiting. It's disgusting. It's smut. But when you, like, dig deep into it and you're, like, you just, you watch it as an experience, you know, you just watch it to, like, experience the whole thing, you know, and not, and, and then you kind of piece it together. It becomes this, like, new thing almost, you know what I mean? Yeah, this movie, in a lot of sense, it's... It, it, in a lot of ways, it kind of reminds me of a movie we talked about very recently. Uh, graphic sexual horror. Yeah, there is some of that in it, definitely. There's some definitely heavy BDSM stuff in it. It's something the guy says in that movie that definitely does reflect back to back to this, which I do feel like this movie, movies are trying to tell a story. Yes. But is, is it pornography? Maybe. I don't know. I don't think Slaughter Vomit or Regurgitate Sacrifice fall under pornography at all. Yeah. I don't think, I think Slow Torture torture Puke Chamber borders into pornography, but I don't, I still don't think it crosses that line 100%. Um, To me, like, what I found super interesting was I watched Slaughter Vomit, I was pretty late at night by myself, you know? Yeah. And, like, it really got under my skin. And was at times almost frightening to me. Like, almost scary. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because it's just, it creates just this unnerving atmosphere where you're almost afraid of what the director will show you next. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Because he feels so, like, unrelenting and, like, willing to go as far as he needs to. So, like, each scene that happens, you're like, I'm honestly, like, afraid of what's coming next. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And I thought that was like a very fascinating thing, and something I didn't expect to take away. Um, you know, I didn't expect to take away that from it, but I did, and it was very impressive. Can I get into one of my favorite, one of my favorite things about this movie, though? Yeah, it's also one of my least favorite things about it. There's a man in this movie by the name of Hank Skinny. Oh, he's in all three of them. Yes, he's he's in all three of these. He's the man. <laughs> he. He comes in looking, wearing the weirdest outfits. It's just some of the nastiest shit possible. Yeah. <laughs> like, in this one, I'm pretty sure it's, in this one, he, like, peeps into a cup over and over again and keeps drinking keeps it. Keeps drinking it, yeah. It's disgusting. It's horrifying. Mm-hmm. Also, like, chop this girl on top of her head off. And he pukes into it. Sounds just like that. Yeah, it's just like that. <laughs> <laughs> that was ironic. I hope that picked up. <laughs> I hope that picked up. Um, I don't know, man. <laughs> like, it's a hard movie to talk about because it is so, so Bizarre. strange, yeah. so avant garde. Um, but I don't know. It's not for everybody. In fact, I came in here and I was like, Matt, ninety nine point nine percent of the people that watch this movie will absolutely hate it. Yeah, but that one percent that like it will see it for what it is to me, you know. And, like, it, you know, I know that you didn't really care for this one that much. I mean, I didn't hate it. Oh, you, you seem to have an opposite opinion the other well, night. <laughs> well, the other night, I didn't uh, I didn't understand what I was watching. Because we had a fairly long argument oh, about uh, about the merits of... the. You, in fact, at points you were like, I don't understand why you're defending this. Yeah. And it was, like, to me, honestly, it was surprising. Like, I was watching it, and I'm like, man, this movie is just, like, it's so much deeper and so much more, like, effective than I thought it would be. You know what I mean? Yeah. But. I just, at first I didn't catch on to it. Mm. 
And then when you what? But you have to watch the others. I feel like for. But see, I did. I I, I was in it. Yeah. Like after Slaughter of Dolls, I was like, I, I can't wait to watch Regorted Sacrifice. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. When I first watched this, I was like, I'm not looking forward to this. Mm-hmm. And the, there's still some things about this movie that I really don't like. Like the soundtrack, I mean, except for one scene, gets on my nerves so bad. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of liked it. I liked uh, I liked the use of like footage of uh, Angela Aberdeen as a child. I mean, yeah, and yeah. the fact that it's on a VHS, like just filming the screen of a VHS, you know, yeah. like, like you know, it's so far back in the memory. I really like. I mean, like you cannot talk about this one in particular without talking about Marilla Vey. And at points, it feels like she's not even acting; like it feels real. Oh yeah, and that's the one thing about this movie. Like it creates this bizarre juxtaposition of reality and like nightmarish mm-hmm. nature. Like it has the slow motion talking, it has the weird editing, it has the you know the vomit and murder. But at the same time, there's this realness as well. Like so, it blends this like hallucinatory style along with like almost a documentary style also that's a, I mean, that's, a, that's also another thing that made me mad about this movie because i was like so i didn't i mean i didn't realize that like i mean i don't know if she's actually like i don't know if she was actually like this right but i got i was mad because you know you see her do all this stuff you see her of as a bulimic you see her do all this stuff that she shouldn't be doing and it almost like like the director is just like just do it, right? And uh, and of course you know I didn't under- I didn't understand that I was like, well there's this a person l- needs help. Why are you know? There's a lot of truth in that though. You know what I mean? Yeah, and like you do get the the feeling that like a lot of the movie is real. Like a lot of it is just you know Lucifer Valentine giving a loose idea of who Angela Aberdeen is to Mary Lavey and being like. Go, you know. Yeah. Project yourself onto this character, you know. Also, the way this movie was started is so bizarre because in the the uh, the history of Amagor, yeah, they were in a dominant slash submissive relationship. Yeah. And she got kicked out of her house, and he just was like, "You can live with me, but you gotta let me film you twenty four seven. And that's that would how, be maddening. and that's how slaughter vomit dolls began. You know, yeah, that would that would be so maddening. Like, I, I wouldn't be able to handle that. It'd be crazy. It'd be weird for sure. So you know, as a whole, like to me, slaughter vomit dolls is not the best of the trilogy, but is a very fascinating, fascinating, interesting, tough watch. It's not an easy sit through. Oh, no. None of these movies are easy to sit through. <laughs> no. And like I said, 99.9% of the people who watch these movies will vehemently hate them. <laughs> I mean, also, when it comes to... And I won't say they're wrong for hating them, you know what I mean? I mean, I feel like that can be said about every movie we watch on here. We talk about it on here. I don't know. know. I mean, like, something like Campbell Holocaust, you feel, you know, there's definitely hate for it. Yeah. But there's a lot, like, a lot of universal love for that movie as well. I mean, of course. But, I, I mean... I'm not saying, like, the hate part. I'm saying, like, the hard-to-watch part. Yeah. It's Cannibal Holocaust. As much as I do love that movie, it's hard to watch. Yeah, but this is, like, a different kind of, like, hard-to-watch. Yeah. Like, it's equal parts hard-to-watch, but due to the content, due to, like, the the rape and the murder and the vomit, 
but it's also hard to watch just in the aspect of like how it's made and how it's put together. It's a challenging film, forcing you to be like, can you keep going? Can you keep doing this? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it, it's like it's equal parts like captivating and repetitive. You know, <laughs> like I really enjoyed Slaughter Mama Dolls. Like I was, I was, un, you know, immensely surprised when it was over. I was like, I, you know, and I still tell it. Like you were like, well, what would you give it out of ten? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I have no clue. I like. I it's been a couple of days since we we finished this, mm-hmm. and I'm still sitting here thinking, do I really like these movies? Or right. Not? Yeah, I mean, it is. It, they're just that kind of movie, and that's why I like it so much. You know what I mean? I, I mean, really, really, really appreciate that kind of filmmaking. Do I want every movie to be like that? Absolutely not. You know, sometimes I want just a nice, straightforward narrative. Yeah, but it's nice. Um, oh, what the. What? Nothing. I'll take care of that in a minute. Okay. <laughs> um, um, I don't know. It's, it's weird. It's good. Me, strange. I mean, violent. This is definitely not my least favorite. I mean, this is definitely not my least favorite in the series. Mm-hmm. But I can't say it's my favorite either. Yeah. And there's also there's also technically not really a trilogy anymore. But we can get on the fourth one. Well, I mean, we could we could get the fourth one. Yeah. But at the same time, it was like, I don't know. It was it, it's it's not the Vomit Gore trilogy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Vomit Gore trilogy is the um, I don't know. Like that is the staple. Vomit Gore Four is kind of its own beast. You know what I mean? Like maybe yeah. we will, maybe one day we'll get Vomit Gore Four and we'll do it and do you know black metal veins yeah. and do Perfect Child of Satan and do like a Lucifer Valentine Part Two yes. episode kind of thing. But. But the the trilogy is what is known. The trilogy is what, you know, was holding such high regard in that community that I was followed so much, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's why I wanted to do the trilogy as the trilogy. Yeah. Um before we get to the next one, mm-hmm. I'll go I'll, I'll just go into a little bit more of my positives and negatives. Go ahead. Yeah. Positives, gore. Gore is really good. Great. Is really good. Borderline in this series sometimes it looks way too real. Yeah, it's a crazy real looking. Like if you've seen any, like, unfortunately, like, the real stuff online, it looks a lot like this. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy. Um, I guess the weird, like, a lot of the, just the bizarre stuff that happens, especially with Hank Skinny. <laughs> Hank Skinny gets a thumbs up. Hank Skinny is awesome. Well, he's disgusting. Like, but he's gross, but. <laughs> but <laughs> um, the the one scene in the strip club. Yeah. With the, the soundtrack, the soundtrack of that part, I loved it. Yeah. What was, like, the backwards song? No. Or it was like a... Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. was good, yeah. And neg- the negatives, the editing in this one kind of got on my nerves. Yeah, so bit. you didn't like it. I did. I, I actually really did like the editing. It created like an unnerving, bizarre, like nightmare. Like like awake nightmare. An awaking nightmare, yeah. you know? <laughs> um, Some of the audio choices, like mm-hmm. with the voices, and also the, the soundtrack up until that one scene... Aggravated me so much because it sounded just like a bunch of like clutter. Yeah, it's just like I'm like, what in the hell? Is and this? you could tell that like Lucifer, you know, got away from that when he oh, moved yeah. on to the next two. This one is definitely the experimental first movie. It's oh yeah, it's like it like, and that's crazy to say considering all these movies are experimental. Well, yeah, <laughs> but this is this is the movie that he was like, okay, let me find my footing to what mm-hmm. I want to do with this. And I can respect that. Yeah. 
I can't I can't say that I love this movie by any means, but I I, I can appreciate it for what it is. Yeah, absolutely. So agreed and disagree. Yeah, you know. But we move on to two thousand and eight to the follow up into the movie that was you know always the the one of the flag bearers or the you know yeah. the gold star or standard for disturbing cinema regurgitated sacrifice and i got i got to say that statement it definitely holds up in this one this is a brutal brutal movie <laughs> in many yeah. many ways he's like um, slaughter vomit dolls is bad Woo, like slaughter vomit dolls to me like to compare it to another trilogy is August Underground. Oh, right. This is their their mortem. This is their mortem, and that's saying something because the plot of Dolls is pretty rough in its own right, and so is August Underground. But, but just like Mortem, Regurgitated takes it to an almost uncomfortably real place. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? That's what pushes Mortem and and Regurgitated above and beyond the sequels. There is some real shit in this movie. Yeah. Like there's some real shit in the first one too, but in this one in particular. Like the the of course the vomiting is real, we know mm-hmm. that. There there's a scene in this where this uh one of the black, is it the black angels. Yes, the black angels yes. of hell. Is beating a girl with was a tele it was a telephone box, right? I thought it was an alarm clock. Well something it was something like that. And she's legit hitting her in the back of the head with it hard. Brutally. Like, really hard. Like, so hard that I know I wouldn't be able to handle it. <laughs> and there's also scene, there's a scene with weights and uh, a, a vagina. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> yeah. it's not pleasant. <laughs> not to pleasant. Watch at all. So the plot for this one is Angela Aberdeen has killed herself. Right? Dead, yeah. And the Siamese twins who are separated. With a handsaw. Yeah. The, Which that looks way too real, too. The black angels of hell got her through herself, basically. Yeah. In physical manifestations of pieces of what make Angela Aberdeen herself, guiding her to her final destination, which will ultimately be hell. Yes. Um... Wow, uh, it's hard. This is a hard one to like get going with because it's like, where do you begin? The atmosphere in this one, from the onset, is just unholy unnerving. You know what I mean? Yeah. It creates such a dark, dreary, like uncomfortable. Like that's the best way I can describe it. Like un like uncomfortable. Like you know, I talked about slaughter vomit dolls. Being almost frightening in the aspect, like you were afraid of what was coming next. Oh, yeah. Scene to scene in Regurgitated Sacrifice, you were unsure how far this movie was going to go. And it goes pretty far. Pretty far. Um, I'm not even sure where to really go. So, the Black Angels of Hell, you may recognize them. Yes. They are not credited as this. Although it is the Soska sisters who brought us such things as Dead Hooker in a Trunk. American Mary, and our absolute favorite, <laughs> See No Evil 2. <laughs> I have yeah, well, that's a joke, but... <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a joke. But they're very good Canadian filmmakers. Oh, yeah, I just, I just now forget, I forgot something. I don't, I don't know if it just brings it up in this movie. This These movies 
for some reason have a lot of connections to Kurt Cobain. Kurt Cobain, yes. 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 Angel Aberdeen is almost a physical representation of like the spirit of Kurt Cobain in a weird way. Yes. Uh, as they he she commits uh, suicide April fifth nineteen ninety four same day that Kurt killed himself yes. so there's a, this is weird like coincidental uh, but not coincidental thing I wonder what he would think about this I don't know if it is interesting to think about I don't yeah. know I really don't um but yeah regurgitated sacrifice man oh. so basically like how this movie plays out is they'll introduce somebody like stripper will be this person's yeah. name. And that represents the fact that Angela Aberdeen is a stripper. Yeah. Uh, porn star. Prostitute. Uh, one's Miss Washington, right? Yes. Which that one could be confusing. Like, well, what the hell does that represent? And I think that represents her beauty. Holy shit. I just never realized something. Hmm? I feel really, really dumb. What? Angela Aberdeen. Aberdeen, Washington. Is that not a... That's where he killed himself, yes. Yeah. No, that's where he's from. Either where he's from or where he killed himself. It's somewhere. It's somewhere. I know it's just the place in Washington. It's one of the places he grew up. I just never realized that because I thought about Daniel Bryan because he he's from Aberdeen. Yeah. Well, Angela. Wow. Angela. What is Angela? Angel, the angel of oh, Aberdeen. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, All it's right. one of those. It's it's it, this these movies like have this weird correlation with Kurt Cobain and his suicide. That like you can you can kind of get yourself a little lost if you focus too much on that. Yeah. Like if you really try to drive that in, like what does this have to do with Kurt Cobain? What does this got to do with Kurt Cobain? You're gonna get yourself real confused, mm. and you're gonna end up hating these movies because you're like, I don't get it. Where's it at? <laughs> you know what I mean? But That's I just kind of things you kind of have to like put together, you know, in a very broad. Also, something I like to mention is the timeline of these movies are bizarre. Yeah, they're really bizarre. <laughs> I don't know when this one takes place. I don't think it's I don't think mentioned. they have a place. Like she kills herself April fifth, nineteen ninety four, but then lo and behold, like it's just Wherever. Yeah. Well now we're in limbo. You know what I mean? Like this is I guess almost like the highway okay. If Slaughter Vomitals was her death, yes. This is her highway to hell. Yes. Um and, and she's being guided there by the black angels of hell. Yeah. Which is the Soxy sisters. Um the movie it's shot very similar to Slaughter Vomit Dolls, although it kind of foregoes a lot of the audio yeah. effects that, you know, depending on how you enjoyed them in Slaughter Vomit Dolls, it was either a hindrance or, you know, you liked it yeah. kind of thing. I like the soundtrack in this one. The soundtrack's much more industrial. Yeah. And uh, he begins this effect, this camera effect that I love. Where like it'll be on the floor and it like has this unnatural movement to it. It's almost like a weird snake. Yeah. It and but like as it moves, it's like you know. Yeah. Also, so, something I like that I, w- I want to ask uh, some of the, the listeners mm-hmm. is because I wrote it down my notes and me, me and you both didn't really have an answer to it. Is a white hell a stereotype for hell? It seems like that, right? Yeah, because. Uh, Dustin Mills released Black Heart White Hell. Black Heart White Hell. And there's a lot of like a lot of the scenes where you see people getting murdered or what you would presume is like murder or torture. This hellish existence. Yeah, it's always in a white room. Yeah. Which is really which is really bizarre. Yeah. Um you know, and I think a lot of that like 
you know, kind of like what John Carpenter talked about with Michael Myers and the white yeah. mask. You can project whatever you want. I feel like a lot of that comes in the same thing. Like within this all white room, you can project whatever you want to there. Whatever, you, whatever you fear the most is what your hell is, and that's kind of what this is. You know, like Loser yeah. says it himself. It's not set up in like a Christian hell with like the devil with horns and pitchforks. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not what this is. This is hell, as in, you know, your existence. You know, your personal hell kind of thing. I do have to. I, do, I have to mention one thing. Mm-hmm. Probably my favorite part of this entire movie. There's a scene. Where there's this weird like monologue over it, and, and it's talking about Angela Aberdeen, where this girl's just getting tortured, mm-hmm. and she's laying on the floor. Is I don't remember exactly how it goes. I wish I wrote it down now, but it was like all she heard was uh, like like a buzz in her ears, something like that. Yeah, and that that part legit scared me. Yeah, there's some like like this movie's unnerving. Like that's oh the best God, way to yeah. describe it. Like take the stripper scene for instance. You know, like and like yeah. I said, the way it's set up is like. You get physical manifestations of who Angela Aberdeen is. She's a stripper. She's a prostitute. She's a she's a porn star. She's a beautiful woman. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then they're tore apart by these black angels of hell, as well as Hank Skinny and <laughs> and Lucifer Valentine himself behind the camera. You know what yeah. I mean? who you know kind of represents Lucifer. You know. Yeah. <laughs> But, like, the stripper scene, like, he's smacking her and he's choking her. And, like, this, like you said, this monologue is going over. And it's very uncomfortable. It's like, this feels too real. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like I'm watching someone be, you know. Legit tortured. Legit tortured. And maybe you are. Like, maybe this is some BDSM kind of stuff where they're safe for us and then they're like. Oh, yeah, it is. Did you watch the making no, of No, I didn't this? watch the making of on this one. They have safe words. See, that's crazy. Like, that's such an interesting style of filmmaking. And again, it's like, is it something I want to see in every movie? Probably no, not. No, no, no. But for this movie, it works so well. Because, like I said, like, it creates, like, it feels dangerous. You like, know? In the music world, Marilyn Manson was regarded as dangerous music. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is almost can, can be considered almost like a, like a danger movie. Yeah, for sure. Like the movie does feel dangerous. Oh, and like, yeah. And like Slaughter Vomit Dolls, you truly are afraid, like, what's coming next? Is it going to get worse? And the answer is, yeah. Yeah, I guess it's pretty bad. There's only one scene in this movie that I'm like, I don't know the point. <laughs> is it what I think it is? It's the stepdaughter oh, and stepmother scene where they're in the bathtub and they're just puking on each other. Yeah. Just yeah. because it's like, everything else fit to me. Like, oh, this all makes sense. I know who this person represents. I know who this person represents. I know who this person represents. But then when that happened, I was like, I don't quite know. What I, what I, what I thought you were going to say... Was the scene with Hank Skinny when he puts a squid on his head? No, no. Okay. I don't quite understand what that represents, but... It's hilarious. It still feels... <laughs> I don't oh, know if it's hilarious. Hard at it. I don't know if it's hilarious. I mean, like, He's what happens... He's gagging on tentacles of a squid. What it's happens to that girl is not very funny. <laughs> no, but, like, he's, he, he takes the tentacle of this, like, octopus or squid, and he rams it down his throat, like, like, he's like, on command. <laughs> The one frustrating thing about Lucifer Valentine's movies is there's really no um, credits. Yeah. Like it says, produced by no one body. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know who did his effects. I do know Marcus Cook worked on Slow Torture Puke Chamber. Yeah. But I don't know if Marcus Cook worked on Regurgitated Sacrifice or not. But Regurgitated Sacrifice, for sure, is the highlight in many ways in this in this trilogy. 
It's the best of movies. Yeah. It's the best of the movies. It has the best kill scenes. It has the best gore. It has the best soundtrack. But you you were talking about like people not being credited. Like I feel like a, like a lot of a lot of people on these movies they can't they went by nicknames on set. Yeah. Which is really weird. It's definitely a, a different take on almost it. almost like a like a like a BDSM pornography set. Yeah. You know what I mean. Which, he he really kind of made these movies graphed, you know, borderline graph, What the fuck does that even mean? Bordergraph. Borderline like like shooting it porno style, you yeah. know, which is interesting. It does create like a unique something that only Lucifer Valentine can pull off, you know, honestly. Mm-hmm. But Regurgitated Sacrifice, like if someone asked me, like, is Regurgitated Sacrifice a good movie? I would have a hard time answering that because it's like, well, kind of depends on. What you like, you know. Mm-hmm. I can't say it's good, nor can I say it's bad. It's an experience you'll never forget. I mean, there's not really any movie out out there that I know of that is like these. No, these are one of a kind movies. You know, like you ever eat like food so good, people are like, oh, it sticks to your ribs. I don't imagine food when I talk about this movie, John. Well, <laughs> what you know what I mean? Saying, like, yeah. have you heard of that saying like, oh, that food's so good it'll stick on your ribs? I've never heard that expression, but yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. These are rib sticking movies, but in a different way. Like they, these stick to your bones in a like you, you walk around for days afterwards, just being like remembering scenes and being like Jesus Christ. Especially yeah. regurgitated sacrifice. Like I know we haven't gone into detail on some of the things that happen, but like I don't want to because I want people to watch them. And there's one. Okay, go ahead to to listen to to the listeners. If you did not know, me and John here are not, not the biggest fan of spiders. I do not like spiders in the least. <laughs> I'm not, not going to say what happens, but there's a scene with a spider in this movie. And a vagina. There will be no... Well, you, I wasn't going to go that far. But. Well, I didn't say what happens. Well, Just know there's a spider and a vagina. <laughs> yeah. I saw this and I was like, there would be no way in hell that I would do that. Yeah. Like, if I read the script to this and it's like, yeah, you got to do this, I'm like... And that whole uh, scene uh, is like... It's the it's the finale, it's oh. the final kill, and this girl's strapped to this like throne almost like yeah this like wooden throne that looks almost like an electric chair, and she's just being ripped to pieces, you know, <laughs> limb by limb, you know, until Hank Skinny vomits and goes crazy all over. Also, something I also noticed that makes makes me very anxious in this movie. I know nothing would really really happen to the people. There's Scenes where people who show up are that are pregnant, mm-hmm. and it really makes me anxious sometimes. I'm like, what is about to happen? I mean, like Lucifer pushes the envelope in a way that he feels dangerous. Yeah, you know he's not. He's not gonna hurt intentionally. Yeah, he's not gonna push nobody past their limit. You know what I mean? If someone is like, I can't handle it, he'll he'll he'll, he'll stop. stop. Exactly. But it creates a way. Like he goes so far that it does create. That era oh. of like fear and danger, and like this guy is a dangerous filmmaker, and that's impressive. You know, yeah. we don't really have that much anymore. Like, like we, you know, at one point, I think Fred Vogel felt like a dangerous filmmaker, but yeah. once you've met Fred, and he's such a big teddy bear, and he's awesome, <laughs> you know, he's not really dangerous anymore, but his films are. You know, his films oh. are films feel dangerous, yeah, but he um, also wants to get away from that, and he wants to make good movies, you know, yeah. Very few people want to live in this realm of filth 
<laughs> in terror, you know? Like, I would even say Lucifer Valentine's doing different stuff nowadays. Because, I mean, isn't Black Metal Veins a documentary? Yeah, but it also, it lives it lives in that same world, though, where Wait, it's, about, really? it's about heroin addicts and, like, oh, okay, you yeah. know, like, black metal and heroin and scumbags, you know, he fell all these people around for a couple of years and just filmed them, you know? I would say he puts a lot of the work into these movies. He does. Sure. Yeah, Regurgitated is probably going to be the one I recommend the most of the three. Yeah. Just because it's such an experience that you'll never, you'll never forget. Like, if you, if you, when you watch these movies, if you want to, well, except for the last one, I don't think it really has one. Yeah. Um, there's, there's making ofs on these DVDs. There's like production notes in that one where he talks about just kind of his thoughts on it. Oh no, Regurgitated? Slow torture. Oh okay. Um, on Regurgitated Sacrifice, there's the making of. It's about like twenty minutes, and it's just him talking to these a- these actresses and actors and like, you know, it's almost like a disclaimer. Like almost. covering himself. Yeah, you know? he's like. Your name is blah blah blah. My name is blah blah blah. You know, you understand that. Yeah. There will be some aspects of this that could be a little painful. You know. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry. He's like, did did I, like heart like you know? Do you heart- know what you're getting yourself into, basically? Yeah. And like some people, like after the shoot, like he talked to him and was like, well, "Would you do this again?" And they were like, "Yeah, I would. I would do this again." Yeah. And watching that kind of. Gives us the sense of like reassuring. It's like that's. Good. And it also comes off as like Lucifer comes off as a guy who cares. Oh yeah, you know he's not gonna. <laughs> Hobgoblin came out of me again. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> um, he cares. Like he's not just some kind of smut peddler who's gonna force these people to do things they don't want to do. Oh yeah, yeah. you know. Um, but that's that's a. Uh, I feel like that's regurgitated. Yeah. You know, thumbs up for me. Well, something else we forgot to mention mm-hmm. is his sister. Oh, Cinderella? Well, I don't really want to get into that. Yeah. Just because I feel like that... I mean, like, it, it is it is a part of the trilogy, but I also feel like, you know, go watch that. It's available. You can find it. Yeah, yeah just... Like, if you if, if you listen to this and you own these, DV, these DVDs... I yeah. Mean, you've probably seen it anyway, but... If you, if you haven't, you, you need to check that part out, because it's very interesting. But Listen, none of that's gonna... Like, that's not gonna, you know delve anywhere with us really you know what I mean like it's not gonna get us anywhere in the reviews I, mean, I feel yeah. like but it's still like I still think it's interesting it is so after regurgitated sacrifice and Hank Skinny's vileness <laughs> <laughs> we come to the final of the trilogy although as you said it isn't the final of the series now there's a Von yeah. Gore 4 which has some kind of crazy ass long name and I can't remember what it is it's now something with Nazis <laughs> something Nazi related something like this is like black Nazi something like that. Something like that. Black Nazis. <laughs> oh no no, no 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 no! That's not what I mean by it's like something like black Nazi something like that. Um, I don't think it's actually what you think it is. God, if it was, that was the whole movie. <laughs> I'd be down clown in a minute. <laughs> I'd be like Lucy Valentine making a movie about black Nazis. <laughs> and vomit. <laughs> and vomit. We're in. <laughs> um, now this is slow torture puke chamber. My least favorite. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so this one's the plots. It's hard to get at. Yeah. So this time we have a new Angela Aberdeen, a new lead played by Hope Likens, which I would say I will say she does a pretty good job in this. She's movie, just not as good a Mirlo as a Mirlo Veo. You know what I mean? 
um, she feels like an actress, where Amira LaVey always felt real. <laughs> I feel like Amira kind of happens up too much for this one, for her not to be in this one as much. And Amira is in this one, too, and, like, it kind of represents this world where, like, you know, Amira, the spirit of Amira is, like, guiding this new Angela Aberdeen down the same destructive finale as herself. And, like, you get this, like, this ideal, like, this never-ending, like, paradox where there will always be an Angela Aberdeen yeah. kind of thing. And you do kind of get that in Regurgitate as well. But this one is the first time they really delve into that. The problem for me is the movie just, like, n- Slaughter Vomit Dolls and Regurgitated Sacrifice do not have your typical narrative. Yes. But they do have stories. <laughs> and if you try to understand it, and you really f- look into it, they do make sense. Yeah. Regurgitated, like, everything that's happening is like, I can I can see what he's going for here. It's very artistic, and it's very uh, non-linear, but it makes sense. Slaughter Vomit Dolls, same thing. Slow Torture Puke Chamber, on the other hand, mm. never seems to congeal. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's It doesn't really seem to really go anywhere. It's not very cohesive, I would say. And this one is just, from the last two, it's just it's just a letdown. It is a letdown. Because even, even your boy Hank Skinny is not as great in this one. No. You know, he does have hurt. the highlight of the movie, yo. Oh, he's Blending up a baby and... Puking and drinking oh it. God. He 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 throws it on the floor and starts kicking it around and cussing it. I laughed way too hard. <laughs> I was like, ah! Hank Skinny is an odd man, and like his purpose in these movies, I'm still trying to figure it out. Figure it out, but he's always the highlight. Yeah, <laughs> he always he always like sticks out the most. The problem is like the storyline between Hope Likens and Amara Lovey never, like I said, it's never cohesive. It never congeals. They never meet one another. Really. Amara Lovey spends the entire movie in one hotel room, pissing on herself or pissing into things or drinking piss or yeah, like that's her entire point of the movie. And it's like, well, why was she even in this movie then? And then you have this like, was it Miss Lucy and Natty or whatever? Yeah. Where it's just like these two women who are in this hotel room and they're <laughs> puking on each other. And then the rest Gross. of the movie is Hope Likens talking about her sexual abuse as a child, as a Mary LaVey. You're not a Mary LaVey, but uh, Angela Aberdeen. And it's like none of this stuff n- ever connects. It never feels cohesive. It all, it all just feels like three separate things happen at three separate times that have nothing to do with each other. This This movie right here. I think I now understand why I don't like it as much as the others. Mm-hmm. For one, it doesn't follow; it, it barely follows the other two's. Plot. Yeah, but I feel like this one is like we gotta push it as far as we can. We gotta make it as nasty as we can, and it almost feels like a ripoff. I don't think it even like does that. Oh, you know, honestly, like it doesn't feel like it goes as far as the other ones do. Like I know there's I mean, the crucifix masturbation scene. Yeah. And there's the pissing stuff. But, I, I mean, with this one, I feel like they do stuff in the other ones they didn't do. Like, mm-hmm. a lot of, a lot of the, this one's just gross stuff. Yeah. Like, uh, Hope, is it Hope Likens? Hope Likens. Yeah. Hope Likens. Yeah. 
She eats a cake with crickets in it. Yeah. Which is, it's gross. It's gross, but it's also at the same time, it's like, well, what does this mean? Yeah, Mira LeVay's pissing all over herself. Hank Skinny's eating a baby. <laughs> or trying to. <laughs> there's, there's stuff with used tampons. Yeah, and like, as I was watching it, like, just like the other ones, I was trying to like, all right, who does, who is this person, right? And the only thing I can get is that the one, the skinnier of the two girls yeah, is like bulimia, right? Yeah. And the, the girl that's being puked on and tortured is what Am- uh, Angela Aberdeen sees herself as. She oh, sees herself yeah. as like a fat pig, even though she isn't, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like she forced herself to vomit and, you know, torture herself, basically. I mean, that is a lot of... I mean, and that makes sense, but at the same time, it's like, well, what is this whole thing with a Meryl of Age is pissing everywhere? Like, what does that have to do with anything? What does Hope Lockins have to do with that? It's, it's almost like he only had her available for one night, and he's like, all right, I don't know what to really do. Yeah, and that's disappointing. Because like I said, the other two, like, like I never feel like when I'm watching the other two, that I'm like, this, this has nothing to do with anything. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it may not make sense to me, but I feel like it has a purpose, and it can be explained. Or in Slow Torture Pew Chamber, it's just not that way. It feels, it honestly feels like four, honestly, like four separate mini narratives going on at one time that are barely narratives in their own right, and they don't connect in any way, and it ends up for a, a messy, boring, disappointing end to the trilogy. And another thing is, the title of this trilogy is the Vomit Gore Trilogy. Yes. There's one gore scene in this entire There's movie. one gore scene. And uh the rest of it is just nasty. There's not even a lot of puke, honestly. There's more piss. If oh god, if I if I don't I don't ever want to even I don't want to see any more piss in movies. Yeah, it was and it's like they just have this clear square jar and she just finds different positions to get in and piss in it. And it's, and it's like, well what does this have to do? Like the ideal is that this new Angela is like the ghost of the original Angela haunting the new Angela. But it's like, well, how does that represent that? They're never in frame together. They're never even seem like they're in the same universe. Yeah. You know, so like, how does that work? It, to me, it just doesn't. Yeah, and also at the end, uh, Hope's character, I guess Angela Aberdeen. Angela Aberdeen, yeah. Yeah. She, like the end, she's like, yeah, I'm not going to kill myself. Yeah. Like, the, I was like, okay. Okay. <laughs> well, well, how are you Angela Aberdeen then? I get this idea that there's this, like, it's like almost like a paradox where, like, there always is going to be an Angela Aberdeen. Yeah. Like, almost like multiverse kind of thing. Like, each universe has its own <laughs> Angela Aberdeen, you know, kind of. Ki- if Ben Kissel was in here, <laughs> nerd alert, nerd alert. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I get that ideal that he's going for, but I don't know. It just, it's not executed well in this at all. It's actually executed better in Regurgitated Sacrifice, even mm-hmm. though they don't really delve into it very much in Regurgitated Sacrifice. It mostly plays on Amara LaVey's rendition of Angela Aberdeen, even yeah. though there's points where other girls in the movie are like, I am Angela Aberdeen, you know? Yeah, I don't know. This one, it's just so disappointing. It is. I saw Regurgitate it, and I, you know, I, I want to say it. I like that one. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, wow, I can't wait for this next one. And you told me it's disappointing. Yeah, I was like, I didn't like it. I was like, <laughs> most yeah. of my notes, like, I'm sitting there looking at it, and I'm just like, disappointing, sucks, 
sad, angry, you know? Yeah. It's just, it, it's a mess. It's a mess of a movie. Literally, my last one is just a two, three, or three thumbs down. <laughs> three thumbs down. And I hate to say that, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not trying to be overly harsh on this movie. I would rather have been like, man, what a solid trilogy for me. Matt hated it, but I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But the final film, I was like, it's just, it's, it's just so uncohesive. It just does not work. It doesn't make sense. Everything is it was shot separately, and it feels that way. You know what I mean? Any of these movies were going to be just fetish movies. Or this is one. This is the one. This one borders lines on pornography. Yeah. You know, I still won't sit here and say it is pornography because what is pornography but to be get off to? And I don't feel like this movie is made to get off to. De- definitely not. But at the same time, it's like he. I feel like they tried to push the envelope more sexually. Yeah. And that's fine. That's not where the movie fails. The movie don't fail there. If if it was just that, I would be okay with it. Like if there if there was less gore, but it pushed the envelope, you know, more graphically sexual, I've been okay with it. Problem is, the Hank Skinny scenes, the scene with the two women, Amber Levey, Mary Levey, I mean, and Hope Lockins, all feels like they were shot at different times, mm-hmm. and they feel like that in the movie that they do not feel like a cohesive idea. Like, and also, in this one, there's no, like, real weird editing in this one, either. There isn't. Like, it's mostly pretty straightforward editing. It's literally just cut back and forth between scenes. There's no... Like, I, that also disappoints me, because in Regorgitate, there's, there's those scenes where we're talking about, with, like, the snake, like, sliding. Mm-hmm. Which, that does happen in Slow Torture once. Really? Yeah. I don't, I don't remember that. <laughs> and, I don't know. I was disappointed. So, you know, at the end of it, it does, uh, the, the trilogy ends on a, ends on a low note, you know, and that's disappointing. And like I said, like, I don't want to keep harping on it, but it is the main problem with the movie. It's just not cohesive. Everything feels separate. Mm -hmm. Well, the other two were shot the same way, but they do feel cohesive. Yeah. They feel like it all fits in the same world, and this one just doesn't, and, you know... I don't know what you're going to do about that, you know. It just is what it is. I will say, after watching these three movies, I'm interested to see what else he's got. Yeah, Lucifer Valentine definitely is a interesting filmmaker. Mm-hmm. He's got a unique vision. Like I said, he borderlines on dangerous at points, in a good oh, yeah. way. I don't say that as a negative thing. I mean that as a positive. He uh, he just pushes the envelope in ways that nobody is willing or would want to, because, you know, honestly, like... Lucifer Valentine is probably not going to get a lot of jobs in Hollywood with no. these movies. Like they're going to watch it and be like, "This guy's a smut peddler," <laughs> you know? Would Would you say like like I'm not saying like 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 popularity wise or anything like that? Like, when it comes to, like the danger aspect and the, like the just not like really caring aspect, it's almost like Manson in music. It is, in a way, um, it's punk rock kind of. Yeah, it's, it, this definitely. I mean, it doesn't like, have a punk rock attitude. It's, no. I'm talking about punk rock in the way it was made, where it was like, we're just, we're going to go, and we're going to do this, and if it fins people, good, you know? It, yeah. If it challenges them, good. And I, I, I do like that a lot. And like I said, do I want all my movies to be like these three? Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, I don't want every movie I watch to have someone puke all over each other. You know, some, sometimes a three-act structure is A-OK. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but... You know what I will say for the Vomit Gore trilogy as a whole is the the um, 
the experience of it is, to me, was well worth the time mm-hmm. put into it. That's not going to be for everybody, y'all. This, these movies are not for everybody. These are going to be movies that, like, you either, like, I'm into it, I like it, I like this weird aspect, or you're going to be like, that's the stupidest, grossest shit I've ever seen. I never want to see that again. I don't even want to watch another minute of this. Ew. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm definitely not going to say I'm not going to watch these anytime soon. Regurgitated will probably be a movie I will go back to quite often. Oh, yeah. Not quite often, but, you know. You know, when in the mood, yeah. like I could, I could probably watch it again right now. It, it's definitely, it, it's my favorite out of the the trilogy. And I do, I do feel like it has a lot of things about it that, like, a lot of people just overlook when they watch it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, you know, down the road we will cover Vomit Gore Four. If you can find a copy of yeah, Black Lava, I believe has it out. Yeah, which is a uh, European company, I think. Okay. They uh they've done a lot of stuff. They actually have uh releases of Cannibal. Oh really? Yeah. And uh Remembering Angels Melancholy, the documentary about Angels Melancholy. They don't have the movie? No. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> who knows? I, mean, I don't know who owns uh the rights to it, but they've also they've also put out Fetus by Brian Pollan and all kinds oh, of other cool. cool independent gore oh, extreme I saw, movies. I saw something really weird today. Hmm? This is going to be a little bit off topic from this, but I saw clips clips from Solo. 120 Days of Sodom? Yeah, that were completely in English. Yeah, there's a dub. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Italian. There's oh. a dub. Well. But yeah, uh, Black Lava. It's a cool little company. I haven't got anything from them yet, but I'm going to. I'm probably going to get Vomagore 4. They also have Black Metal Veins. Yes. So, you know, we'll be getting two of their releases to review down the road along with uh, you know probably Perfect Child of Satan yeah which is his short film so yeah uh, before we started this podcast on the the mighty Lucifer Valentine mm-hmm. I posted a thing on Facebook asking like hey we're about to record would anybody like to ask questions I got one question and then for some reason my account locked me out okay <laughs> so hopefully I can get back in or we don't have a Facebook page anymore <laughs> How'd you get locked out? I don't know. It just says uh, you've been temporarily locked out. So, uh, yeah. Uh, but I do kind of remember the question, and I remember who it was from. Okay. It was from listener Amanda. All right. And she wanted to ask us what, of all the movies we've reviewed, right? Yeah. Although we don't really say we review. Yeah. We discuss. But whatever. That's, that's, that's semantics. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. Uh, it does not matter. Uh, which one was our favorite and which one were we most surprised that we enjoyed? That's that's a good question. That's a very good question. You go ahead. I gotta think about it. Um, to me, my two favorite, like, you know, like we've we've covered quite a few movies now. Oh yeah. Um, my two favorites are probably two of my favorites that were coming into yeah. it. Yeah. And it's hard to narrow it down to one of them, so I'm gonna pick two. Okay. One is Cannibal Holocaust, mm. and one is Miss Forty Five. Um. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and start with the one I didn't think I'd really like. And I ended up loving was it was actually Miss 45. Like, it's not that I didn't think I would like it. You just didn't know anything about it. Yeah, and the, that, that, the, the genre of rape revenge 
T- typically, they're not the type of movies you necessarily really enjoy. Yeah, not like girl. <laughs> Miss Forty Five. It's, it's a holy kick, hell. It's a kick ass. It's movie, a man. great movie. I don't think you know. We almost talk about it like every episode, but like if you did not see Miss Forty Five, watch that shit. Watch Miss Forty Five. That movie is fantastic. Yeah, but some of my favorite movies that we've talked about on here. Definitely, Dear Zachary. As much as it makes me mad, Dear Zachary's very good. Yeah, it like it's it was one of my first in- introductions to like disturbing documentaries. Yeah, and the other one, which it's obvious, Cannibal Holocaust. Cannibal Holocaust. You know, shout out to Dustin Mills' work as well. Oh yeah, shout but if I had to like like and the question is not like how many of these do you like? Which one is your favorite? Yeah, just because it's underrated, mm. Miss Forty Five. It's so good. And movie that I was surprised. I think we just talked about it. The Vomagor movies, Slaughter of Vomidals and Record State Sacrifice. Yeah. I really did not think I would enjoy them the way that I did. And lo and behold, I really, really liked them. Well, yeah, I guess that, I guess that's yeah. our answers for this. But also because like a lot of the movies we recovered, I've already seen and kind of already had uh, Yeah, my thoughts on Which them. Which a lot of these, I go into them pretty much blind. Yeah. Like, you're... I mean, you talk about the episodes, and like I write down, and you give, you throw ideas, I throw ideas, and whatnot. Do we know what we're doing next? I know what we're doing in a few days. Yeah, the Halloween episode. Oh yeah, should we address that? Sure. Um, coming up here in a few days on Halloween, hopefully. On ha- hopefully on Halloween. Well, depending on our schedules and whatnot. Yeah, it's hard. But we're going to be doing childhood trauma. Childhood trauma. Which is just going to be a short little fun episode where we discuss things that scarred us for life as kids. <laughs> in, it doesn't necessarily have to be horror movies. It could be an episode of uh, Married with Children. I don't know. Yeah, you know yeah, <laughs> I don't think there was an episode of Married with Children that scarred me for life. No. But I do have one um, that is a, a sitcom from the 90s that did freak me the fuck out. But we'll get to that. I think I may know what it is. We'll talk about it off air. All right. Um, and we'll get to that when we do that episode. So that's going to be awesome. We also have a little project we're working on right now that we can't talk about, but it's going to be awesome. Yes. We've really we've locked it in, you know. Oh, I do know what we're doing next. Do we? It's oh, Urban Nightmares. Yes. yes, yes, you're correct. Combat Shock, Bad Lieutenant, and Deadbeat at Dawn. So stay tuned. Well, we're cranking these episodes out like mofos right now. Mm-hmm. I think this is the best we've been on schedule in a long time. Yeah, even though I don't know when this episode is going to come out. I'd yeah. like to get it out you know, on our usual Saturday, Sunday, but our, my schedule is busy all the way up until like Thursday of next week. Yeah. So it could be next week before I get the episode out, uh, but by then this won't matter because you've already heard it and uh, none of this makes sense to you. That's <laughs> <laughs> why so don't talk about scheduling on a podcast. Well... It's alright. We, we we tend to do that sometimes. Yeah, but if we can if we can get those questions loaded up, we'll we'll answer them on next week's episode. If there's any more, I at least got we know we at least got one, and we got it answered. Yeah, Jesus Christ, Facebook. <laughs> right. I was just refreshing the goddamn Mark page, Zuckerberg. and all of a sudden it was like blocked. <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg, you son of a bitch. Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> He's a weird dude. So yeah. But anyway, good stuff coming down the pop. Be excited. Happy we finally covered the Vomit Gore Trilogy. For, for, uh, I don't, I don't, what should we call our Halloween special? Like, I don't know. Like our Halloween month. 
Shocktober. Shocktober. Yeah, <laughs> power go. in the blood. Oh my God, we need to cover that one day. <laughs> there is power. Uh, power is the blood. <laughs> power in the blood. That's a Hacker Lantern reference for everybody. Yes. That movie oh is amazing. Check that movie out too. So good. Um, yeah, for Shocktober, this is the this is the biggin. Yeah. You know, we wanted to cover something huge, and I think we delved in. We'll cover two things huge. Like Adam Albert's entire filmography mm-hmm. and the entire Vomit Gore trilogy. Well, Adam Albert was like a spotlight on a director who, you know, gets love but not a lot of love. Yeah. And the Vomit Gore trilogy is like infamous. You know yeah. what I mean? So. But. It's been awesome. Yeah. Also, I, I know we already said this last week, but thank you, Adam, for. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And like I said. Sickoncinema.blogspot.com. You can read our short little interview with Adam Albert. It's yes. awesome. Uh, I think I did a pretty good job putting it together. <laughs> yeah, you did. You know, we're going to try, you know, with the blog, we're going to try to do more interviews. Yeah, we're going to try to get in touch with some directors. Mm-hmm. And maybe maybe actors and whatnot. Yeah, absolutely. Just anybody. You know, I have a few ideals of people who I think I can get a hold of pretty easily. Yeah. But we got some big shit planned. Yep. We got a project, like I said, a secret project in the work right now. Secret right now, but it will yes. be unleashed soon. Secret. And it's going to be awesome. I can't wait. So, you've been listening to Sick on Cinema, the podcast dedicated to the dark side of film. I am John. I am Matt. And we will see you all next time. I usually do the Sick on Cinema last. I don't know why I didn't. It's okay. Just don't I'm just going to do it now anyways. Sick on cinema. Dead air.